Hello there. It's time for most things Kenobi. I prefer all things Kenobi, but I suppose that's not the Jedi way. As long as it's not all things Anakin. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Most Things Kenobi, a podcast about Obi-Wan Kenobi and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Leanne. And I'm your host, Lauren. And this week we're doing a deep dive into the overlap of Revenge of the Sith and Clone Wars Season 7 with emphasis on Obi-Wan because now that we have a more complete picture, how does it change things? And how does it deepen the character that we already know and love, Obi-Wan? Amongst others. (laughs) Definitely adds a lot of layers there that that you could read a lot more into it now, depending on how you're looking at things. Yeah, I'm curious to get your opinion on some of the the snippets that we got. Granted, Obi-Wan was not in it a whole lot. No, he wasn't. <laughs> he, he was not in Clone Wars 7. But we know why, because he was off doing the things that were in Revenge of the Sith. So unfortunately, we don't have as much Obi-Wan as we would like, as is usually the case. <laughs> am i wrong no no you're not wrong <laughs> and he looked really good in this episode or this season because he had the little touch of gray and i believe the yeah. first time we see kenobi in season seven is like the stance oh my god you know <laughs> yeah where it's like a side view and it's moving and he looks back and it's like gritted teeth and power stance and it's really nice Actually, I don't think that's the first time. Now that I think it's of it, it is in my it is in my brain. It is in my that brain. That was like one of the hottest things I've ever seen in my life. No, he's he period. like fights with Mace prior to that, doesn't he? He does, and then there's like the little exchange with the Bad Batch episode where oh, yeah. Anakin is talking to Padme and Obi Wan's. Actually, like, uh, let's talk about that. <laughs> let's start with that first. So Obi Wan knew this is like the first. We always assumed. Yeah. This is the first time they say it. And James Arnold Taylor has said that he always played Obi-Wan as though he knew, but Mm -hmm. felt no need to say anything. And I think maybe this was a deleted scene in Revenge of the Sith, but Obi-Wan says something to Padme. I think it was a deleted scene where he said, like, I didn't. I didn't say anything because mm-hmm. you made him happy in a way that, like, nobody else could. So I just allowed that. It turned a blind eye to that. I just don't know why that scene was deleted. I don't either. It added so much more depth to everything. Everything. His knowledge of Anakin, how his friendship. He's a better friend than ever thought before because he kept something that could have been horribly detrimental. Mm-hmm. To everyone involved, if anyone found out. But, he, like, like the clip says, he did it because he knew it was the only person that could make him happy. Even Kenobi couldn't make him happy, even though sometimes they laughed and fought like old married couple and, you know, had really <laughs> yeah. good times together. But they never quite had that depth of talk that I bet Obi-Wan really wanted with Anakin. Yeah, they both never seemed to get past that exterior wall which 
It doesn't surprise me with Obi-Wan because it kind of seemed that way with Qui-Gon also. Mm-hmm. Like that, that they just didn't have that, which is weird. We've talked about this before because Qui-Gon is so super affectionate with Anakin. Yeah. And and even Shmi, for that matter. Well, yeah. <laughs> Get it, Qui-Gon. <laughs> <laughs> he could if he wanted to, I'm yeah. sure. Yep. I, I will say, though, one of our patrons... Um, Adam has mentioned that maybe that's just because some people are just better with kids, like little kids, than they are with teenagers. Sure, like that could be. Um, but still, it doesn't surprise me that Obi Wan and Anakin don't talk. You know, like yeah. we've said so many times, if people would just talk in Star Wars, a lot of yes. bloodshed would be avoided. And the funny part is, is I'm pretty sure that Anakin wanted to have that with Obi Wan. And probably resented, no, he did resent Obi-Wan for not being closer, but at the same time, they neither one did anything to make that closeness possible. Yes, exactly. And yet, Anakin still kept resentment about it. And I'm sure well, that Obi-Wan felt a little like, oh, I can't reach him, you know? Yeah. For sure. I think that that's evident in the Clone Wars episode that was never aired, the Utapau mm. arc, where mm. they find that giant kyber crystal. I can't remember yeah. the exact name of the arc, but it's like all animatronic or whatever. It's well. like an animatic <laughs> or something, I think is what it's called, where they, yeah. it's like an outline, basically. They have the voice actors, but not the full animation. Right. And there's that scene where Obi-Wan is trying to talk to Anakin about Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. And it almost turns into an argument. Like, they're pretty contentious. Obi-Wan's trying to keep it from getting into argumentative territory. And Anakin is like, how would you feel, you know, if it was me? (laughs) I mean, true. But Anakin at this point is taking everything way too personally. And there's a reason why. Palps. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's being pushed to his absolute max everywhere. Yeah. So I do kind of like that Obi-Wan was allowed to admit it in canon form. <laughs> well, tell Padme I said, I hope you at least told Padme I said hello. Or whatever, <laughs> however he phrased it. You know, yeah. and the look of shock on everyone's face, like, <gasps> come on Even now. Rex was like, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck what? Rex wanted no part of that. He did not want to be in the middle. How fucking humiliating must that have been? <laughs> it's like being in a schoolyard, you know? Like, uh, yo, watch the door while I go make out with my wife. Or Wait. Yeah. No, yeah. not wife. That's not what you do in a schoolyard. But, yeah, in this place, yes, it is. Because everything is <laughs> fucked up in this story. Okay. True. <laughs> and I also uh. like to think, and I think you and I have discussed it before, that another reason why Obi-Wan just didn't say anything is because he did the same thing with Satine. Yeah, who is he to say anything? I, he knows what it's like to have the love of a woman. It's different than bro time. So yeah, maybe he just allowed Anakin to have that because honestly, what did what else did Anakin have? <laughs> you know. Yeah, and he did try to talk to him about it. In that Clovis episode, remember? Oh, yeah. He could just, well, like, loses his mind over yeah, Rush Clovis. That is insane. That Those episodes are insane, if you think about it. They really are. They're really extreme. 
all of the ones with Clovis, even the earlier episodes with him, are they really do crazy stuff with Padme in those. But, I mean, Obi-Wan says it's not like we can't have these feelings. Of course, they're natural. It's just you're, you've sworn to do your duty with the Jedi. But, of course, at this point, Anakin is no longer really feeling like the Jedi are staying true to their initial beliefs, you know, their right. central beliefs. He's feeling like the Jedi are straying, and everyone else is seeing it as Anakin is straying. So right. it's, it's kind of an interesting dynamic they set up there. Well, you point one finger, you have three pointing back at you. <laughs> right. That's, that's the, great. That's the Jedi <laughs> Council right there. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I had to do that. I had to mime it out to make sure that I counted yes. the amount of fingers. It's true. There's three pointing back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they're called Mace Windu, Kiari Mundi, and, and Yoda. Yoda. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty cool in season seven when uh, Ahsoka is speaking to the council via transmission. And it's it, like leading up to that point when Ahsoka steps in, it's the exact same scene. From Revenge of the Sith, like they had Mace yeah. say the exact same line, like uh, yes, something about the energy of the Chancellor, yeah. And then Ahsoka enters, and it's weird if you go back and watch Revenge of the Sith, and you know Ahsoka's like in on this. Eventually, like it really, yeah. really does drive it home how many things were at play, all within the span of a few days, which is what Revenge of the Sith yes. is. See, that's the thing that this, like, doing this kind of, like, preparing for this episode really made me realize that either Revenge of the the Sith is much shorter time period than I thought it was, or Mm -hmm. the Siege of Mandalore took a lot longer than I thought it did. Yeah, I, it, it looks like both take forever. Yeah. But it's literally only a few days, like four or five days, right? It, it's. It, I think, yeah. It's insane if you think about it. That Anakin went from handing Ahsoka her lightsabers and being a genuinely uh, amicable person to mm-hmm. fucking killing everybody. I know. Like, it was... Yeah, okay, the stage was set. Like, it was, it was. primed I, for it this. It started but... when he was a kid. Right. Palpatine right, had back. been working on him, literally, the entire time. Yeah. It's but pretty damn. crazy, though. Yeah. Because they, they, like, split the 501st, and they send mm-hmm. Rex with Ahsoka. Then Anakin is, like, killing Dooku within, what, a few hours, half a day, something like that? Yeah. Yeah, and, and then, Obi-Wan, it's interesting how they had, like, James Arnold Taylor's voice when Obi-Wan is in a transmission with Bo-Katan yes. and Ahsoka. There is a little bit of anger. Yeah. In his voice when he's like, well, we won't have the chance to find out now. Because Anakin killed him. And it's like, we never got that before. I think it's it ties in really well with uh, Revenge of the Sith. Because I feel like Obi-Wan is starting to see connections, but he can do nothing about it. And then he's mm-hmm. starting to see Anakin is making decisions that kind of make him uncomfortable. But there's also nothing he can do about it. And... That's why in that transmission also, he asks to speak to Ahsoka alone and everyone right. else steps away. 
And he says, he tells her about the secret mission of Anakin spying on the, the Chancellor. And then, <laughs> he's, Ahsoka says, I'm not the best person to convince Anakin that this is the right thing. And Obi-Wan's response is, I know the council is not always right, and that's why I'm asking for your help. Right. But then they get interrupted. Yes. And that's that. That is one of the most honest things that Obi-Wan has ever said in the history of Obi-Wan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like speaking against the council is something he does not really do. No, he doesn't. He sits on the fucking council. So for him to like admit it even to one person, which tells you how close he is to Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Even after everything. Didn't he sit on the trial for her? Was he not present whenever she was brought in? He was present, I think, in the in the chamber. I don't know if he had any decision, like he had any power in the decision, but he was then there when they offered her her place back. Right. She was like, fuck you, assholes. Right, and I think that <laughs> rang, rang home, rang true to Obi-Wan, because he, he probably saw that and thought, okay, this is, this is... This is shady. This is shady even for me. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I thought that was, really, and the, I loved the intonation that James Arnold Taylor uses in that moment. Cause you hear like, Obi-Wan is kind of like, like, I'm just, I'm just trying to get some help from somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I, like there's all these things happening. There are so many things happening that, and they sent him, they split him and Anakin up at yeah. that moment, which is even more apparent in this because he's got to go to Utapau and deal with Grievous. Yeah. Ahsoka is nowhere near Anakin. She's on Mandalore. Like, it's just strategic how nobody that he really trusted, including Rex, were anywhere near him. Yeah. They were all strategically except, sent. Except Cody. <laughs> except Cody. <laughs> but, Which was very, very fucking heartbreaking still to that this day. Is I can't awful. handle it. Yeah. I just think that, the, like, something that really hits home to me with this is how lucky Rex was, honestly. Oh, my God. As bad as things got for him, he's really lucky that Anakin split the 5-0 first and promoted him and sent him with Ahsoka to Mandalore, because if he hadn't, mm -hmm. he'd have been with Anakin going to the Jedi Temple and killing all the Jedi. Yeah. He wouldn't be the Rex we know anymore. Yeah. Although... They do say that uh, the ARC troopers, their mm -hmm. chips were different. The first, the first batches of troopers, uh, their their chips were slightly faultier than later versions. Maybe that's why he could resist it, even when with Ahsoka. Yeah. So if he, let's say he had the same resolve when he was with Anakin, he probably would have just been shot by his own people. That's true. Yeah, you're right. Anakin would have ordered them to shoot him, and they probably would have. Yeah, the the reason he survived is because Ahsoka is the one who helped him, and he yeah. wouldn't have had that if he wasn't with her, obviously. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> so, how do we feel about Darth Maul? I mean, not in general. We already know how we feel about we Darth like Maul him in a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like... <laughs> he expected Kenobi to be there and was shocked when Ahsoka came. Yeah, and then 
Obi-Wan suggests catching Maul because Dooku's dead, so maybe Maul will know something. It's They're always thinking about each other, even when they're not hanging out together. They are pen pals, whether they want to admit it or not. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's crazy the extent Maul will go to to trap Obi-Wan. It's nuts! There's a whole fucking galaxy about to implode on itself, and he's like... Kenobi? Yeah, Where is using, Kenobi? He's riding that shockwave so that he can still trap Kenobi. It's insane. He's like, wait, this could be a chance for me to <laughs> nab Kenobi. Oh my God, he needs one of those. Uh, what was the the um, thing they used, used in the Mandalorian on the guy to ease his brain? Oh, what was that oh, called? A again? mind flare. A mind flare. Maul needs a mind flare. Just yes, a gentle one <laughs> to just, ease yeah, just his... A few. His anxieties. <laughs> First of all, how badass is Ahsoka for handling so Maul? Awesome. Oh, it's so amazing. But what would have happened if Kenobi would have went? And, I mean, that would have been a very, very uh, triggering place for Obi-Wan to go, I think, considering. Yeah. It could have ended badly, honestly. Because... Yeah. I was just thinking about Kenobi's use of combat earlier today when I was watching some stuff for Revenge of the Sith. And I saw a comparison of Revenge of the Sith versus the Kenobi series and how (laughs) I love this about Obi-Wan that he is a master of Suresu, but he is also really good at other forms of combat. And he learns from his duels. And he learned even the reason he defeats Anakin or Vader in the Kenobi series is because once again, he knows what Anakin is expecting from him and he changes it completely. So Anakin's totally caught off guard. He spent all this time right. learning to defend against Seresu and now all of a sudden he's fighting him with, some people say Ataru, but it's also kind of like using Anakin's form on him, like reversing True. it back on him because... Mm-hmm. Form 5 is a mixture of Seresu and Ataru. So mm-hmm. it's like Obi-Wan is an expert at both of those. But he does the same thing with Maul, yes. right? So he shows Maul Qui-Gon's stance. So Maul's like, I'm no, I know what's coming. And then he's wrong. Yeah. And Obi-Wan kills him. So if he had gone to Mandalore, he wouldn't have had that time, you That's know, true. in his brain to calm down and learn from that experience he was probably still like like you said it's very triggering so it it maybe wouldn't have ended so well he would have maybe repeated the same mistakes Mm -hmm. i don't know though because like we said in the lawless is the first time he decides to not fight at all true yeah that i don't think it would have went well either at all and i'm really glad ahsoka went she basically had no claim to anything there Shit. Yeah, she's not, like, emotionally invested at all, no. really. And she had Rex with her, so she had someone she'd fought with before. But technically, all of it was a little new, and it worked in her favor. I mean, she's kind of resourceful in the way that she will use her surroundings to her benefit all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. And I think any good Jedi would, but she seems to have a better grasp on, like... Using what's available, not just a lightsaber. So, right. 
I think it would have been more one-on-one combat with Maul, which could have gone very ugly very quickly if Maul used the emotions against Kenobi unless, you know, he was so hardened by it at that point. But with everything we know that was going on with Anakin, it could have been just enough to weaken him even more. You know, if he's worried about his best friend and he knows something's wrong in the council, he knows something's wrong with the Chancellor, and he has to go back to Mandalore and deal with this again... I think it would have been enough of a distraction to, and that's the only way you can defeat Kenobi is if you get him distracted, yeah, get him off his game, and like really pry at the really mm-hmm. deep emotional parts, which would have been Qui Gon, Anakin, and Satine. Although he had kind of like controlled his emotions over Satine already, because I think mm-hmm. there was back when he was young, there was already that heartbreak. So he, like, learned to control that shit as early as possible. But with Qui-Gon and Anakin, those were, like, really raw nerves for him, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and with the information that Maul gave Ahsoka about, like, he suspected Anakin all along, which is crazy that they had Maul deliver that line. I know, right? Like, he's... Like, even Dooku didn't really know that that was the ultimate plan, right? Yeah, they kept... Palpatine kept Dooku just in the dark enough. Talk about... He was really used. (laughs) Yeah. No, he was set up to be killed by Anakin from the start. He was, yes. Right... You're so right. Right from the beginning. That was always the plan. And Dooku thought he was making a decision for a better future. Or really... Such a pawn. He played right into it. Which is a shame because Dooku, in all fairness could have stopped this because he was like this close to admitting I mean he admitted that the Jedi Council was off that things mm-hmm. weren't right but he just he had too much murder in him <laughs> you know like he had the ingredients that Qui-Gon had but he had the murder too so yeah Yaddle tried <laughs> she tried her best yes I, that's exactly what I'm referring to I'm referring to all the things that we've been keen to with Dooku and then you think about all the fights that Anakin had with Dooku throughout the Clone Wars Palpatine was almost there for like three quarters of them overseeing it every single time Mm -hmm. and Dooku always stopped it he always overpowered Anakin and then the one time that Obi-Wan's indisposed right isn't he just somewhere at the time (laughs) he's just unconscious taking a nap yeah God, can we talk about that in a minute? <laughs> we, we, we we most certainly will. Um, I just I just want to make the point that if your only person there to talk any sense to you, to any sense into you is Palpatine, you're probably going to do what Palpatine has to say because he trusted Anakin yeah. trusted Palpatine. Yep. Also, bad choice. Everyone was a fucking pawn from day one. That really hit home when um, rewatching the scene when. Anakin and Obi-Wan come out of the council chambers and Anakin's really pissed that he's been put on the council but isn't made a Jedi master. And Obi-Wan's like, the only reason you're on the council is because of the Chancellor. And yeah. Anakin's like, he had nothing to do with it. It's like, how naive are you? Naive. To think that that person in power who hasn't, who has always implied that he has your best interest at heart and is always... Doing the little nudge, you know. Mm-hmm. He even did it during the Reiko Hardeen arc is another oh, good yeah. example. Absolutely. The, the council told him, you know, we're going to handle it. And then Palpatine was like, there's no one better than you to handle this situation. 
The know? whole that whole thing was a setup for Anakin as well. That yeah. whole thing was an orchestration on Palpatine's behalf to put Anakin in a position of doubt mm-hmm. of everyone around him that he trusted and a position of power over those who were on the council and made the big decisions and did all of this. Yeah. Palpatine slid underneath and was like, nah, man, I want you over them. You know? Yeah. They're not handling you right, you know? Exactly. Always the, the little seeds of doubt. And it just, it took just the right amount of time until Anakin was peak power. Yeah. And then all those seeds came to fruition. So it was yeah. just like a, a perfect storm that created a really scary Sith Lord. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Terrible, honestly. Yeah. So you want to talk about Obi-Wan on the floor? I would love to talk about, like, how disappointing that is. I mean, it's just bad. It's just bad, knowing what we know. After you just said, he's a warrior who learns from his fighting, his prior battles, his duels. He's a mastermind. He's combat savvy in multiple forms. And just, boop, he's down. <laughs> He gets thrown into a wall and is then out for the count. Yeah. And and then I like how Dooku pulls like a gantry down on top of him. It's yeah, like, yeah. That would kill you. It would kill you. Well, I mean, the man was drugged through fire glass, so and that didn't kill him. So he's made of something different. <laughs> Kenobi is made of something different. Well, yeah. Maybe he's a robot. <laughs> well, come now. <laughs> It would have crushed his body in half. It like that's so it stupid. God. It was just bad filming, bad writing. It could have been something so fucking cool. Like, it, like okay, you want to subdue Obi Wan Kenobi so he's not able to fight anymore? There could have been way cooler ways of doing that. Yeah. Granted, at this time, Clone Wars hadn't existed yet, so we don't have the whole backlog of Obi Wan being a fucking badass. But I still, I found that like so deeply disappointing and then also that it defeats grievous with a blaster is also yeah that's really disappointing after all the things that we've seen him do with grievous like all of that fighting and the (sighs) i mean you could look at it from this point of view at the very end of all of this grievous is taken out not by one of his giant lightsaber collection pieces but by a blaster how ironic. Right. That's the only way that I can somehow make it okay in my brain, and it's still not okay. Yeah. It's just disappointing. It's, it is because it undermines the character, which we have talked about so many times in Star Wars. Where It's a, rep- it's a repeated uh, thing that is happening, and I don't like it. Yeah. I don't need, and that, But that is why I really felt... A lot of gratitude for the Kenobi series and that final duel because we've seen Obi-Wan be a badass, but that was intelligent fighting as well. Not only was he really fucking powerful to not only defeat this Sith, but also his own demons in order to do it. Yes, and that's the toughest fight of all. Right. It's the mental side that he had to overcome. Yeah. So that was very redeeming, I thought, to see him defeat Vader, not just because he's a badass, but because he also moved through his emotional stuff as well. Which is why it's very frustrating when they make the character like, boop, he got bopped in the head, now he can't fight anymore. No, (laughs) It's like, watch this. 
Just hit him in the wrong spot. <laughs> this is a character who's defeated multiple Siths. Yes. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I just... Uh, it could have been better. It just could have been better. It could have been better. That's all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... Overall, what are your thoughts overall? Overall, I think that they did a really good job of tying Clone Wars to Revenge of the Sith. Yes. Part of me wonders now about Ahsoka and Obi-Wan. You know, people have all said, why didn't they look for each other? She probably assumed he was dead, but he knew she was alive, right? I mean, maybe. I would have guessed that i mean maybe he was too traumatized to assume anything but a part of me wonders if he didn't look for her because he didn't know how to face her after anakin oh maybe yeah maybe there is that that would have been a heavy a heavy weight yeah because there is that exchange where ahsoka turns around and turns back to him and says tell anakin and obi-wan says he will but it never is spoken about what that line is. What do you think she meant by that? I, I don't have an answer personally. I, I, I have a headcanon wish, but I don't know what it is that she was actually going to. T- Maybe it is. I think she wanted to tell Anakin that I support him and that I thank him mm-hmm. are the two things. Because I don't think she would have said I loved him. Obi-Wan... You know, no. yeah, I don't think she would have either. But in that time where she was just given all this fucking information and she wasn't, I don't know. I just think she would wanted to tell him that she supported him or was by his side or something. I'm with you regardless. Do you know if Filoni has ever said anything no, about what? I've, I've researched it and people have plenty of ideas, but I don't think anyone's ever said. And I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. It leaves it up to us. Just, it's a little, I mean, it's funny that Obi-Wan understood, but we don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? I know. And she gives Obi-Wan a look kind of like annoyed that he knew what she was going to say without her saying it. She kind of gives him this like weird, like taken aback look before she runs out of the room. Well, maybe it's the same thing that they both want to tell him the same thing. Yeah. I don't know. God, don't It's know. still an animation, so we can't quite tell by the facial expression. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So, like, that's their last exchange, basically. It is. And then, you know, if An- she feels Anakin turn or whatever that... She feels that moment where he kills Mace Windu, right? Like, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. Yeah. that's the moment she feels. And then if she ever saw Obi-Wan again, he'd have to either tell her that Anakin was dead... And that he killed him. Or that he's not dead, but he turned to the dark side. Which I I guess the Kenobi series implies that Obi-Wan didn't know Anakin survived until ten years later. Which makes no sense. That still doesn't make any sense to me. Because what, did he not have a TV or a radio and hear about the Sith Lord going around killing people? Like, uh, I don't know. Because everybody just goes their separate ways and stays so silent and removed out of safety for whatever their reason is. You know, yeah. Luke, Leia, themselves, you know. 
I think Obi Wan would have assumed she'd be on a on a a, a ship with clones. It's crazy to me because there. I mean, I guess it was very traumatizing, so it's not that crazy. But if you think about how close, especially Obi Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka were, and none of them looked for each other. Like, Anakin was fixated on finding Obi-Wan, but never seemed to give a second thought to Ahsoka until they crossed paths in Rebels. Well, he had hate towards Obi-Wan for what he did, Mm -hmm. as misguided as it was, but he still didn't have that emotion with Ahsoka. He couldn't hate her, so he had had to tune her out. So crazy that he didn't try to find her. Maybe he was ashamed. I don't know. He didn't seem ashamed. He seemed pretty sure of himself. (laughs) There is that moment in Rebels where he senses her when... She's on the ship and they pass by or something. Yes. And they yes. sense each other. That would that would be too much. That would be too much for me if I was Ahsoka. To feel someone's like signature that was so familiar to you, but it probably felt so much darker. Yeah. And then she does face him eventually in Rebels. But maybe the Ahsoka show will give us some insight into this. I don't know. That's interesting. I never thought of that. I think it'd be really cool if they do fill in the blank of what happened in that duel with Vader. Yeah. The the pyramid or whatever yes. closes and they disappear inside. We have no idea. We obviously they both survive, but we don't know how or why or like Yeah. What the hell happened? I can tell you. That door closed. They looked behind him and said, Okay, how have you been? How are things? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No one's looking. <laughs> oh my god, how are you? Black is your color. No, <laughs> sorry. It's just that if I, you know, came across my best friend I had seen in a while, if they had a makeover, I would want to, you know, <laughs> if they had a makeover. I'm sorry, a Sith he, makeover. A Sith makeover, head to toe, metal and black, and a voice box. It's terrible. <laughs> it's actually terrible. I can't even joke. Um, Ahsoka and Anakin. If I don't get some kind of force ghost, which I think we're going to get in the Ahsoka show. I might I think die. there's going to be flashbacks, even if there's oh, not yeah, force flashbacks. ghosts. Yeah. I, I'm, I think, isn't Hayden on the cast? Yes, that's why I'm saying all this. Yeah. I, if I don't get some window, I might. I mean, we didn't get a Clone Wars window in Kenobi, so I may just yeah. be talking out my ass right now about wishful thinking. I wonder if the... I mean, I know that Filoni is doing Ahsoka, so I get it. But I wonder if of people who made Kenobi... Because I know Ewan McGregor had a big... He was the executive producer. Maybe he didn't realize, like, how important Clone Wars is. Because he didn't do it. So, like, he knows it's there and he appreciates it. But I really... I know people said that, like, Hayden loves Clone Wars and human research. I don't think that's really true. I think that they probably... I think they were probably filled in the blanks, but I'm sure they didn't watch seven seasons of an animated show for children. I'm sure they did not. Let's ask Hayden when we're in London, shall we? (laughs) If we bump into him, we'll be like, excuse us. How have you been? How are things? How's your makeover? (laughs) You look a lot healthier now. (laughs) But I think think maybe... Maybe they had to watch clips. Probably to get an understanding, but they have to be diplomats, right? They do. They can't be like, 
They can't say, oh, uh, no, I didn't watch it. Of course, they're not going to say that. They're going to say, oh, yes, and they really added a lot to the character, and I really appreciate it. They're not going to be like, nah, I didn't watch it. <laughs> true. The only person that brutal is Tony Gilroy. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> he literally said he didn't give any fucks. <laughs> and that's why we love him. <laughs> yeah, he did a great job. There's, there's two sides of Star Wars. They can both coexist. It really felt like they took Revenge of the Sith and expanded the next step with that. And the only Clone Wars reference, really, that we got was Quinlan Voss. Yes. They didn't even say Ahsoka, right? No. Like, she wasn't even mentioned. And although you and I always say, like, do we have to have Ahsoka in everything? Could we just get a breather? When it comes to Obi-Wan, Anakin, and duh, Ahsoka is, like, the yeah. three. Right. So it was surprising they didn't even mention her. Like, Obi-Wan didn't even say, like, what would Ahsoka think of you? You know, that could have been an interesting moment. So it, it really felt like a... Just one line. Right. It, Just one line. That would have... I got goosebumps when you said that. To see <laughs> Vader there, like, accepting that from Obi-Wan. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It, so it felt like a very compartmentalized story that they were telling... And I think some of the grown-ups <laughs> don't realize that Clone Wars is not just a kid show. <laughs> it's not. And it's not just your basic animation either. It is a work of art. It is a beautiful work of art. Thank you. It's gorgeous. Join us next week. We are going to celebrate Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yes, happy 40th Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yes, it's having a birthday right around the celebration time. So we are going to recap our favorite stuff about Return of the Jedi and specifically focus on Luke and Vader kind of at the end, but just talk about it in general because we both love this movie. Yes, and there's so many good things to cover. Some deep, some not so deep, but we, we love to hit the deep stuff. So <laughs> come on back and join us. Happy birthday, Return of the Jedi. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Most Things Kenobi podcast. We appreciate every single one of our patrons and are grateful for your support. If you would like to support the podcast and become a patron as well, head over to the Most Things Kenobi Patreon. As always, you can follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. If you enjoy our podcast, feel free to rate us on Spotify and Apple. And if you need one place to find all of these, head over to mostthingskenobi.com. So until next time, my space twin, may the force be with you. Always. Always.